a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. And as we talked about before the break, uh, there are a lot of transition uh, plannings. Uh, being had at the moment, uh, everything from uh, the gubernatorial office here in the state of Utah to uh, Congressman-elect Burgess Owen has got to be working on some staffing situations. Of course, the the uh, President-elect Biden uh, and his company is uh, putting things together and wanted to get today to something that I think is such an overlooked and underappreciated uh, part of what happens in politics, and that is staffing. And uh, so I invited my good friend, Lee Lonsberry, uh, live Mike, uh, here on KSL News Radio to join me in the studio because he knows a thing or two about staffing and how vital that is. I have, I have spent some time myself as a, as a congressional aide, absolutely. Uh, and it's not just uh, being one, but it's also watching what happens in other offices when you get the wrong one. 100%. Uh, staffing is such a big deal. So I'm going to start with something I wrote a few years ago, uh, kind of dedicated to all the staffers uh, out there in the uh, in the spirit of Paul Harvey's "So God Made a Farmer," uh, this is this is how it goes. You'll appreciate this, Lee. I'm looking forward to it. Let's hear it. When God looked down on the Congress of this great democracy, He realized that the members alone could never keep things running. He said, "I need a caretaker." So God made a staffer. <laughs> he needed somebody whose first thought in the morning and last thought at night would be helping the member of Congress, who would rise before dawn and organize the day, set the strategy, deal with the thick of thin things. And steer their member away from bad meetings, bad policy, and bad people who would work all day in and out of the office, skip holidays, birthdays, and parties in pursuit of their service, who would stay past midnight waiting for a vote, then be willing to get up at the crack of dawn the next morning to do it all over again. So God made a staffer. So good. He needed somebody with thick skin, strong will, and a soft touch, strong enough to herd the cats of the United States Congress, yet gentle enough to comfort a grieving constituent. Somebody to call BS, tame the cantankerous bureaucracy of government, creatively solve problems, big and small, and patiently listen to a hostile citizen with an axe to grind, and then tell them to be sure to come back real soon, and actually mean it. So God made a staffer. God said, I needed somebody that can shape a staff, shine shoes, horse trade for furniture and office space, navigate a litany of ethics and rule requirements, and play the role of cruise director for uh, countless constituent tours of D.C., Somebody who will finish their 40-hour work week by Tuesday noon, then put in another 72 hours on top of that. So God made a staffer. (laughs) 
He had to have somebody willing to sprint at double speed to stay ahead of a news story and yet stop on a dime and pivot to help the real people of this country who matter much more than the press or the powerful of the city. Somebody who, when the member of Congress becomes surrounded by yes-men and yes-women, is willing to humbly yet firmly and resolutely say, no, sir, no, ma'am. So God made a staffer. He said, I need somebody strong enough to catch arrows, take heat, endure withering criticism, and patiently listen to angry voices. Somebody who is just fine with little prominence, praise, prestige, or perks, and who above all is fiercely loyal and forever has the member of Congress's back. So God made a staffer. That's so good, boy. It's so spot on. And there were some little ones in there, the horse trade for furniture. That is absolutely real. Real estate is at a premium Everything. in D.C. And if you remember from history, uh, government was a bit smaller when the buildings were built. And so today, as government has grown, uh, not the case for the buildings themselves. So real estate's at a premium. You need someone to do exactly that. Got to uh, have that. that. That's rock solid, boy. I like that a great deal. Uh, well, so let's talk about some of these staffers and these staff positions. A lot of time we, we focus on the chief of staff whether that's for a president, a governor, a member of Congress. And uh, you've seen some good ones. You've seen some bad ones. Uh, what, are the, what are the key traits that all of these newly elected officials uh, should be looking at in their chief? Institutional knowledge. Hands down, institutional knowledge. You need someone who understands the context of the makeup of both policy and personality yeah. of the members that surround. <laughs> because it's all about uh, who who are your allies. It's all about what coalitions you can form. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's great to have a soapbox, and you can do that on your own. Uh, but the real work of government is wholly dependent on on collaboration and finding others of like mind or convincing them to come yeah. onto your side. And to have someone, I mean, th- you think about Blake Moore. You think about Burgess Owens. They're going into this cold. Yeah, you know, they're they're both smart individuals, smart enough to get elected to Congress. Uh, but what you need is someone who has been there, who has seen uh, what, what goes on, uh, so that you know there's a little bit of an education there. Yeah, uh, that learning curve can be brutal, especially I think in the House where you oh, the House you're 100%. already back in in election cycle the day you you show up there. Uh, so having that uh, fast ramp, I think, is is real crucial there. Uh, I want to get to an area where you spent most of your time in D.C., and that is on the communication strategy. Right. Uh, I have always felt that in uh, particularly in, in House and Senate offices, uh, you have to have a communication strategy that's every bit as sophisticated as your policy strategy sure. or nothing's ever going to get done. Yeah, it's important for whoever is in that role as like director of communications or press secretary to have – uh, just a, a complete knowledge of the policy side. Mm-hmm. Those two sides need to work in in such uh, close harmony. And then, with all of that information gathered, the thing you have to keep top of mind at all at all times is that you don't control what uh, what your the principal, you know, the yeah. member of Congress or the governor, whoever. You don't control what they think or say, uh, because to do so would do would to be like abandon. Abandoning. Yeah, that's right. The there's one, the there's one name on the door. Exactly right. And there's one person with a, an election certificate. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, as, as, as blunt as this is to say, uh, you're not there to, you're not paid to do any like thinking really. You are to present in the most effective way possible, Execute, yeah. uh, the one who has been voted to do the thinking and considering. Yeah. So, so important. And, and we've both seen that in a lot of offices. Uh, I, I would always remind staff one name on the door. One person gets if you want your if you want to go get your own election certificate, exactly <laughs> then you right. can make these decisions. Uh, the other thing that I think is a, a challenge, and again, a lot of people 
don't realize the complexity. Of, uh, you're dealing with a lot of young people in a lot of these offices back there. Oh, yeah. And the, the United States government is run by 20-somethings. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Th- that is it. You look at the average age of these offices, uh, and, and that's the case for a number of reasons. It is relatively entry level yeah. in terms of you know that area. What happens is you get into an office, uh, you do your five years, and then you look to cash out down the street where they pay real big paychecks, yeah. and that's what you do. And that's one of the threats to institutional knowledge. Yeah, which is, which is again, a whole other fascinating thing. We often uh, debate you know term limits, and I've always said if you're going to have term limits for members of Congress – Got to have term limits for staff. Otherwise, you end up with that that deep dive. Uh, but I want to get to one area that I think everyone who is hiring staff right now uh, needs to be aware of. Uh, and I saw this in a lot of offices. You have those staffers who who just want to be the one to walk in the room with the congressman mm. or with the senator. Mm. Uh, they want to be in there. They don't want to do the hard work and heavy lifting stuff. But man, if there's a big event, uh, they want to staff then so oh, they yeah. can, you know, walk well, there's in a the trip. Room. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so you have to have you have to surround yourself with people who aren't yes women or yes men who will who will give you the hard information and say no sir no ma'am or that's a really bad idea let's delete that tweet <laughs> someone with a perfect understanding of the role being a uh, a role of servitude and a role of objective presentation mm. uh, you can disagree and bicker back and forth with the doors yeah. closed and that is needed and necessary but as soon as those doors are open it is a 100% unified front that is in service not simply Simply to the member of Congress elected, but most importantly to the constituents that sent that member to yeah. Congress. Uh, love it. We're going to have to come back and have a, a deeper dive on this one. Great insight from Lee Lonsbury. You can listen to him coming up here at 1230 on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, somebody's got a birthday today, 92 years old, I believe. Mickey Mouse coming up. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.